Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. So the year was 1985. Jody and I were dating. And a new movie came out called Back to the Future. And I decided that I would take her to see this movie. It was playing at a local drive-in. So we go to the, we go to the movie, uh, we go to the drive-in, and we find our spot. You know, you take the little speaker and you hang it on the window, and, uh, and the, the, the movie starts, and the sound is terrible. I mean, you can hardly understand the movie. And I thought to myself, well, gee, we're just going to have to figure out something else to do while we're here. Uh, but Jody says, no, we're not going to, we're not, we paid money for this movie. You paid money for this movie. Uh, we entered into an agreement with the, uh, uh, with, the, with the drive-in that we would pay them some money, but they would have to provide a service for us. And if they're not providing that service for us, then we need to go back and we need to get our money back. Oh, okay, dear. So we we drive we leave the we leave the drive in we stop we go to the office we walk up and 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 I learned that when once Jody makes up her mind on a decision and you don't want to be on the other side of that uh, uh, and they kindly they uh, they gave us back our money and we went out to eat uh, so I'm thinking about that uh, because in a sense uh, there, there was a contract even though it's not s- explicitly stated. Uh, there is a contract, almost like a, a, a covenant. Uh, uh, if you do this for me, I will do that for you. Uh, and, and that covenant was broken. And so we sought a redress to that. And I was thinking about that because we're finding ourselves here, we're, we're almost to the end of this, this section in the book of Romans on, uh, 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 on the issue of Israel. And, and what God's plan is for Israel. Because God made a covenant with Israel. An everlasting covenant with Israel. And yet, um, as, uh, uh, as Jesus makes his way, uh, and certainly there were, there were plenty of uh, Jews who recognized that Jesus was in fact the Messiah... Uh, probably for the first three years of the church, maybe maybe a little bit longer. That, that's all that was in, in the church. Followers of Jesus were all uh, Jewish. Uh, but little by little, the Spirit made it very, very clear that, that salvation uh, through Jesus Christ was available even to the Gentiles. I mean, they're a little blown away by that. And there's that great story in, uh, uh, in, the, in the book of Acts where Peter is called to uh, uh, Cornelius's house, and uh, uh, and you know, and he's a Gentile, uh, and uh, and he goes, and uh, you'll you'll remember he was at Simon the Tanner's house, and he's hungry, but he goes up on the roof and uh, goes into a trance, and he has a vision of the sheet coming down, rise and eat, and there were unclean animals in there, and he says, no, no, can't do that, unclean, unclean, uh, but but uh, God says, you know, what what God has created, let no one call unclean. He's scratching his head, and then, the, and then the Lord said to him, hey, there's some uh, Gentiles that are coming for you. Go with them. And so he goes with them, and uh, Cornelius talks about this dream that he has, 
and, and, and Peter is just scratching his head going, well, now it's really clear to me that, uh, that salvation through Jesus Christ is available uh, is available, and so he starts telling them the good news of the gospel. And while he's telling them this story, the Holy Spirit comes and falls on on the household of, of Cornelius, and uh, and and Peter is just blown away. The folk back home hear about this; they're incensed. Pete, we heard that you went into the house of Gentiles. What are you thinking? He says, "I, I, I did what God told me to do, and 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 I'm there and." God gave them the same spirit that he gave to us. What's a person to do? And they said, okay, well, golly gee, it looks like God intends for salvation to come even to the Gentiles. Unbelievable. So they're all blown away. But at that point, of course, the Gentile church starts to grow, uh, and it's, it's, all, it's all one. And you'll remember in Rome uh, that there was a period where, uh, where Claudius he kicked all the Jews out of Rome because there was so much controversy within the synagogues. And there are scholars who say that the, the problem stemmed around uh, the Messiahship the, uh, of, of Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, it, was, it was getting testy. And so uh, they, for a period, the church in Rome was all Gentile, nothing but Gentiles, no Jews at all. They were all kicked out of the city. That's why... Uh, uh, Aquilus and, uh, and uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquilus found themselves in Corinth. And you'll, you'll remember, because you're all Bible scholars, uh, that Paul hung out with them while, while he was in Corinth. They were tent makers. He was a tent maker. Uh, but then eventually they, went, they were able to go back to Rome. And, and the integration of the, of the Gentile background believers and the Jewish background believers was a, a little tense. Uh, it, it questions over the law, and we've, we've dealt with that these past couple of weeks. Uh, but then Paul is wrestling uh, with the fact that not all the Jews embraced this good news. And so what is God's plan for, for the Jews? So if you have your Bibles, please open them to the 11th chapter of the, of the book of Romans. And, uh, uh, and last week we, we, uh, uh, we talked about the branches and the wild branches that are grafted in, those are the Gentiles uh, that got uh, grafted into that root. And that root, of course, Jesus, remember in, uh, in John 15, Jesus says, I am the, I am the vine, you are the branches, my father is the, is the gardener. And he prunes the branches that don't produce fruit. And, uh, um, and remember, you can do nothing unless you abide in me. And, and that idea that... Uh, uh, that there is a, a root uh, uh, that, that is true Israel. Uh, and uh, Paul talks about that uh, in, uh, uh, in the last chapter, that not all Israel is Israel. What, what, what does he mean by that? Uh, that there are always going to be people, even within the nation of Israel, who reject God, while always maintaining a witness. There are always 7,000. Uh, that was what uh, God told to Elijah. And, and, of course, Paul testified to that. We talked about that last week or was in the last couple of weeks, that there, there were, uh, God always leaves for himself a witness. 7,000 that will not bow the knee to Baal. That is the Israel that is within Israel. And so... Uh, uh, as as we move for, as we move forward, and and I and I had this great I had this great uh, uh, kind uh, of epiphany this past week, 
<laughs> I told you last week that, uh, uh, that Jody, Jody and I are not gardeners. That's not our strength. Uh, the, the result is that the, we, have, we have things like this in our house. Uh, this, is a, this is a philodendron. And, uh, and these guys are so forgiving. Um, uh, they, they, that you can, you can, that they're, they're a very forgiving plant. But yeah, the, the plant is, is one thing, but it's, it's planted in soil. You, you see the soil? Uh, and, and there's a sense in which what I realized this week is that the nation of Israel is the soil. God called and chose the people of Israel to be the people through whom he would reveal himself. Remember, we, had, we, we heard that this morning, uh, that, a, uh, uh, that a redeemer would come to, uh, uh, to Israel. Read that in the 59th chapter of Isaiah. That, that I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Israel as a nation, as the soil. And the 7,000 that will not bow the knee to Baal is the plant that is growing in that soil. And, and the plant must have that soil. That soil is essential to the well-being of that plant. But the soil is not the plant. So just kind of keep that in the, in the back of your mind. Here, I'll, I'll set this. Where do I want to set this? I'm going to set this uh, right up here on that so you can, you can have that visual. Okay. So, uh, uh, verse 25. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Now, I just want to take a little bit of time right there. Is he saying that the ignorant are conceited? He doesn't want us to be ignorant, which means that we need to study the word. It means that we need to understand what's going on, what God is doing, even though we will never have all of the answers God will give us enough answers to enable us to trust him for the ones that we don't have. If you have a question about faith that you don't have an answer for, you take that question mark and you just hang it in the closet in the back of your mind and, and, and just live with the tension. And every now and then, go back and review those questions. And every now and then, what you'll discover is some of those questions have, uh, the question mark has elongated into an exclamation point. Ah, now I understand. There'll still be some questions back there, but we need to continue studying the Word of God so that we can understand who God is and, and so that we can understand who God wants us to be as, as we seek transformation into the image of Jesus Christ. And when we, when we know these things, then we will not, hopefully, we will not be conceited. We, Christians should never be conceited. Whether Jewish background or Gentile background, there is no place for arrogance and conceit within Christianity at all. We should be known as people of grace and compassion and mercy and understanding. We should be gentle and respectful with all people. Ignorance, conceit, arrogance should never be attributed to the followers of Christ. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. Now just sit with that for a minute. Israel has experienced a hardening of the heart until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. 
God has a plan. And God is using the nation of Israel, the soil, if you will. There is a partial hardening, a partial hardening, because as we see, there is still a plant that is growing within that soil. That Israel within Israel still exists. But God, in His wisdom, in His discernment, caused a partial hardening in the heart of Israel as a nation so that the Gentiles might be brought in, that we might be grafted in, the wild branch grafted into the natural branch. And so the question is, well, what does that mean? What is the full number of the Gentiles? And, 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 and when will that happen? Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. All Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn goodness away, uh, godlessness, excuse me. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them uh, when I take away their sins. At some point in history, what I, what I, what I think Paul is telling us here is that at some point in history, we are going to reach a, a, a tipping point. And that tipping point is going to occur when the full number of Gentiles has come in. Now, I don't know what that is, and I don't know when that will be. But at that point, there is a tipping point, a partial hardening until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And so when that when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, there's going to be a pivot in the future of Israel. And at that part, the partial hardening is going to be removed. And I think what we are going to see at that time is an incredible movement within the observant Jewish community embracing Jesus Christ as their Messiah. So people say, well, you know, we're, we're in last times, Pastor. We, we have war and rumors of war. There, there are plagues and there's famines and there's, and there's natural disasters. And, and uh, I mean, all the signs are there. Jesus has got to come back anytime, any, any time now. Uh, people are waiting for the temple to be rebuilt. Another sign. For me, the sign that I'm looking for is the day of the full, when the full number of the Gentiles have come in and the partial hardening of Israel is removed. Because it, in that moment, okay, pay attention here, in that moment, there's going to be a sunrise within the nation of Israel. And they are going to see the sun, S-O-N. I love what C.S. Lewis says. I believe in the sun, not because I see it, but by it I see all other things. That's what I'm waiting for, and that's what I believe is going to happen. When the fullness of the Gentiles come in and the partial hardening is removed, there will be a sunrise within the nation of Israel, within that soil, and what we're going to see is, is the natural branches grafted back in. But we can't forget that God's covenant with Israel 
is transactional. So if we want to know what the future holds for Israel, we have to go back into the past, back to, the, back to know the future. And so that's the passage that, uh, that and this is, this is interesting, and there's, at least I think it's interesting, uh, uh, when Paul quotes from Isaiah, he says the deliverer will come from Zion. But if you were paying close attention when, uh, when Wesley read, uh, verse 20 in chapter 59 says the Redeemer will come to Zion. Which is it? Will the Redeemer come to Zion or is the Redeemer coming from Zion? Yes. The to Zion is looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. The from Zion is recognizing that the Messiah has already come. But let's go back to that Isaiah passage. Listen to this. The Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. Repentance is a function of the covenant that God has made with Israel. So now we go back, we go back uh, to Romans chapter, uh, chapter 11, 28. As far as the gospel is concerned, they, the, 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 uh, the Jews who have yet to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are enemies on your account. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on, the account, on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. God's heart is always toward those whose heart is toward Him. So how do we understand that when it comes to the Jews and what the future of the Jews, uh, what, 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 the, what the future holds for the Jews? In order to understand what the future holds, we need to go back to the past to read exactly what that covenant said. And the covenant says that the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob, which is another name for Israel, who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit is on you, and the words that I put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth, the mouths of your children, or from the mouths of the descendants from this time on and forevermore. Amen. That's the remnant. That's the plant. That's the plant that is in the soil, the soil which is the nation of Israel. That plant cannot survive without the soil. The plant cannot survive without the soil. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so too now they have become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy for you. For God has bound all people over to disobedience so that He may have mercy on all of them. That God may have mercy on all of them. So you see, through the coming of the Messiah... What do we recognize? Well, we recognize what was clear throughout the nation of Israel, that we can't do it in and of our own strength. Remember, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, the bad news. That's the bad news. The good news is that God has provided a way. God has provided a way. And so through Jesus Christ, the realization comes that if, if, you're, if you're counting on a righteousness that is derived from being a lawkeeper, boy, you're just barking up the wrong tree because there is no way you are going to fail. 
all, all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it is when we recognize that, then we can receive from God his grace and his mercy. So at, at that point, at that point, we're going to see in, 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 in the fullness of time, the fullness of the Gentiles, God's promises and his call are irrevocable for those who, who remember, the, the covenant that he made was conditional. When those conditions are met, when they repent, when they have that sunrise, the partial hardening is removed. We're going to see all of these branches grafted back in. Here's a branch from a, a philodendron that I, I, I broke off. You can, you can see uh, this thing is, uh, it, it's, it's only mostly dead which means it's slightly alive. Uh, yeah, there's some leaves that are, are going to probably not uh, uh, carry on. Um, but this is what happens to plants in our house that don't get cared for. Uh, but, uh, uh, but philodendrons, again, are so, are, they're so forgiving. Uh, and the reality is that this branch can be put back in the soil now, I don't, I, you can only take analogies so far. I'm not going to graft this back onto that plant. But the reality is that if I put this back in the soil, uh, uh, this little puppy is going to grow. It's, it's not over for this little branch. It will grow if properly cared for. The same is true. This is what I'm reading Paul say here. The same is true with the nation of Israel. When the, when the fullness of the Gentiles come in and the partial hardening of the heart is removed, then there's going to be massive numbers of, of, of branches that look like they may be mostly dead but are slightly alive that are, that are going to be put back into that soil and it's going to nurture that plant and, and the plant is going to grow. So what in the world does Paul say here when he says that all Israel will be saved? Well, he says just that. All Israel will be saved. What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, there are all kinds of theories out there about exactly what that means. Is it all of Israel at that time? All of Israel that is the Israel within Israel that's planted within the soil? I don't know. But you know what I do know? I do know that God is trustworthy. And I do know that God always does the right thing. I love that answer uh, that Dallas Willard gave when uh, somebody asked him, who do you think God's going to let into heaven? And Dallas said, everyone he can. Everyone he can. We trust God to do the right thing. There's a mystery. There are a couple of mysteries. But there's a mystery that Paul talks about right here. And the mystery is what God is doing with the Jews. And to understand the future of the Jews, we need to go back and look at their history and see that it all comes together. God has bound all over to disobedience that he may have mercy on, on them all. All of us need grace and mercy. We cannot do it by ourselves. That is the bad news. 
But let us rejoice in the good news that through Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven and we have been granted entrance into the kingdom of God and the abundant life that is ours through the Holy Spirit. Let us not be ignorant. Let us not be condescending, but be informed, gracious, appreciative, and grateful for the, for the, for the Jewish community for the history of the Jews because we still are planted in that soil. We are the wild branches that have been grafted in. And in this time in history, we need this soil. We need this soil so that we can grow as a healthy branch. The soil continues to be the nation of Israel. The plant or those who have not bowed the knee to Baal. We've been grafted into that plant that lives because of the soil in which it is planted. Gratitude, appreciation, informed, never arrogant, never condescending. Not just when it comes to the Jews, but with, when it comes to anyone we encounter because every single person we encounter is created in the image of God. And as an image bearer, we need to respect them. And we need to appreciate what God is doing in their lives. Because just as we were once wild branches, they too have an opportunity to be grafted in. As Christians, no arrogance, no condescension, but informed, gratitude, appreciation for the grace and the mercy that is ours through Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. Everybody wants to know what the future holds. And the only way we can know what the future holds is to go back into the past, to study God's Word. And we'll figure out some of it, but not all of it. It will be a mystery. Not even Jesus knew the day and the time when, Jesus, when He would return. So keep on being faithful. Keep on studying the Word of God. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Be appreciative for the gift that God has given the world through calling the Jewish people to be the vehicle through whom he would bring salvation to the world. Let us never be arrogant, but always gracious, respectful and kind to all we encounter. We can do it if we strive through the power of the Holy Spirit to be more and more like Jesus every day. And that, my friends, is kingdom living at its best.